0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It's December 21st. It's 2020. It's my stepmom's birthday. Uh, we're here for the Week 15 NFL review podcast. Joined as always by my good buddy Blenderhead Jordan Cooper. How are you doing, my friend? Good. I'm. I'm. I'm glad that after five losing weeks, I get a winning week. So,
1: so <laughs> I'm. I'm happy. Well, it, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a big winning week. It could have been big. It could have been big. I had a great lineup in the in the power sweep. Cause I, I did Stevie, I was like on your side for this. Uh-oh. Week. Uh your side in the way of like I I that once when they have the ten dollar Millie and that payout structure, especially late in the year, like I'm like, I don't I don't want to play it. And then they they reduced the slant because of it at nine dollars. So I'm like, that isn't that appealing. So like I look around and go, well. If, if if there's no contest for me to play that I, that I feel like, you know, that I'm not just throwing money. It's, you know, throwing money away from the payout structure. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go back to my roots and I'm going to, I'm going to hand build. So like, I, I, I did make 18 lineups, but I played like the five, the $33 five max, but I played five lineups into that. I played two lineups into each power sweep, the two double spies. So I was like, I I did a, a, a very I, even though I still use Lineup HQ, like I, I use it to make my lineups and then I enter them by hand. Uh, but but like I did not like massively multi-enter. But I had a great lineup in the in the $150 power sweep with the uh, with uh, Kamara and Tyreek Hill left the play, and I was like 18 points from the from first, and like I had so much PMR, and I'm like if Kamara gets there come on Tyreek Hill as leverage off of Kelsey in the tight end slot. Get, get me home, get me home. And they didn't get me home.
0: Yeah. Um, it sounds like what I do on a weekly basis. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's, 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 it's
1: much different, uh, mindset. I mean, this is what oh, I yeah. used to do when I played just soccer only. I, I used to just build six GPP lineups. Like I, I, I wasn't playing like, you know, half the player pool or whatever. Uh, you have to get in the mindset of of prioritizing of like, well, I could play this and I could play that. And it's like, well, what's, you know, okay, I'm going to play, I'm going to play Corey Davis. Do I want Marvin Jones or I do want Deandre Swift as my run back in that correlation. And I just have to decide. It's like, well, well I'm going to take the running back to fit a running back spot versus the wide receiver. And, and I mean, Swift's did fine, but Jones did better, but like you have to think and you have to really compartmentalize, like each individual lineup and go, okay, this makes sense. And this is good. And, and then I just have to take stands and say, well, if I'm going to play Davis in the lineup, I'm playing Swift and not Marvin Jones. If I'm playing, uh, you know, I'm Pollard, I I played some Kendrick Bourne and of course he, he got there by, by, you know, the last play of the game on a Hail Mary, but that, that wasn't good enough. And uh, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing Ryan and Gage and I didn't play Ridley in that good lineup. I had Ridley in another lineup. So and then I didn't play Evans. I played Godwin. It's it's one of those things where it, it if you're if you're making a if I was making a hundred lineups, I would have had Evans and a couple of them, uh, but you have to prioritize. And Godwin projected better, so I played
0: Godwin. There you go. Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting week. Like this is the first week this season that I didn't um, make like a script on it lineup HQ. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was a really good tournament week. I played cash games. I got there very late in cash games. Um, I made I made 181 bucks this week. I'm, I'm, a, I'm ecstatic. Um, but it, it, it profit's profit, right? Uh, so like we always do, let's start with our cash builds. I'll let you kind of run through um, what you were thinking. This week, there were some massive chalk um, across the board. You know, Kamara, Ayuk, Derrick Henry. Um Emmanuel Sanders. So talk to me um, about your lineup and talk to me about the decisions that you were looking at for cash this week.
1: Okay. Uh Stevie. So did you actually play a cash lineup or was this your main line?
0: No. So I played a cash lineup this week. Ooh. I, I, um, I did throw it in like the $50 single entry because I couldn't just build a cash lineup, but like it is not correlated whatsoever. Um, and like, that's not what I usually do, but um but that's what yeah, a cash so, lineup
1: is you don't care know, really about yeah. correlation in cash
0: so so yeah I, I actually built a cash lineup this week I didn't like I didn't play it in like the spy and stuff like I usually do
1: okay well I'll tell you my cash lineup uh I had Kyler Murray quarterback my running backs were Alvin Kamara and Tony Pollard my wide receivers were Brandon Ayuk Brandon Cooks Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Kelsey in the tight end spot, and the Washington football team at defense. Now, is this the team that – this is the team I built to begin with? Uh, My attitude was with the Saints players. I wasn't all that thrilled of playing Traquan Smith. I think that uh, late swap was a big decision on, like, do I play Sanders by himself? Do I play Smith? Do I play – Jared Cook in the tight end spot like those Saints guys were cheap and I didn't know what direction to go and then like at quarterback I was either going to play Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts and they're both in the late games also so I just thought I built this lineup and if I need to switch I need to switch because you could tell in the lineup I didn't play Derrick Henry so if Derrick Henry puts up 45 points some of the some of this lineup switches around a lot you know I may take out Emmanuel Sanders I, I may take out Kamara I may I may switch some stuff around, but knowing that I'm fading Henry, like I'm gonna, I'm playing as many late game players as I can, and then deciding what what I want to do. I I just I stood pat, but uh, in cash, uh, essentially at quarterback, you were probably playing a Russian quarterback. Uh, you can make a case that Mahomes was viable, but I mean, some people played Mahomes. But you're playing Lamar, Kyler, or or Jalen Hurts in cash games. Then at running back. Uh, You would most definitely playing Kamara and Pollard. Once that Pollard news, the the, the Zeke was inactive at, at 1130, like. Pollard pounded it.
0: You pounded Pollard everywhere. Like that's one of those things that we were talking about last week where like you overreact to late news and you pound Pollard everywhere. Anyway, keep going.
1: Right. Well, we'll get to GPPs when it comes to Pollard, but in cash games, you should have played Kamara Pollard. Now, Outside of that, you could have played a three running back build with Henry. You could have not played Henry and played Fournette. He got he, he sucked out. He got two one-yard touchdowns to get there. Uh Akers wasn't a priority, but I wouldn't call you nuts if you played Akers. Uh Jonathan Taylor. Like Taylor and Akers, do I like they were priced up enough with the ambiguity of their roles that I don't know. They were necessarily the best of cash plays for their variants, but I don't think you're nuts for playing either of them. And then at uh, wide receiver, uh, if you were paying up, you weren't paying up all that much. Like if, if you got the Hopkins, I don't know how you got there, but if you, if you could get there, you, you, you paid for Hopkins. Uh, I thought even if you paid for Ridley, I think that's fine. It just, it depends on your construction. Like you, you have to, you, you could pretty much only get two of the high price players like Henry or a high price wide receiver or Kelsey. And there were enough wide receivers in the mid range that I didn't see a need to prioritize, uh, an k level wide receiver. So most probably paid for Ayuk at the highest. Uh, and some people play T Y Hilton in cash. I didn't get that at 5,500 for the fragility of his projection but they ended up being popular, but I mean, I, I prefer Brandon cooks in that range. And that's why I play Brandon cooks, even though he's low owned in cash, uh, at the cheap range though, uh, I thought gauge, if I could play gauge over any of the cheap wide receivers, I would have, but I wasn't able to, uh, and I thought he was a good play. And then you got Lynn Bowden. He opened up at lock at, at, at 90 minutes before lock also, because, uh, uh, all, basically all the Dolphins were inactive. You had Kasicki, Parker, and Grant. Basically, the, <laughs> who else catches the ball for the Dolphins? Like, Blin Bowden becomes, like, the number one wide receiver for the Dolphins. Horrible game environment, right? But uh, at its price, why not? But at that at that range, you could have played Bowden. You could have played Gallup. You could have played Denzel Mims. You could have played, obviously, Emmanuel Sanders with Michael Thomas out. Uh, Traquan Smith, uh at tight end, uh, I mean, I'm looking down at the at the wide receivers. I mean, some people played McLaurin. I kind of get that, or Allen Robinson. I don't think that's nuts, or Corey Davis. That's not nuts. Uh, and then at tight end, you either paid up for Kelsey, or you paid down for uh, Cole Komet or Jared Cook or someone like that. At that point, it doesn't matter if you played some other tight end at around the 3K range. Like they're they're all they're about all the same, right? It, it didn't really matter all that much. And then at, at defense, uh probably uh Seahawks, uh Washington, uh, you probably didn't pay up for the Rams. Uh I mean you could have played the Buccaneers, or the Patriots, like somewhere around that that like 3K range in in DST. And uh and I think I think I think that's it. If I didn't mention someone, I don't think they should have been in your cash lineup. Right? Some people played JK Dobbins. I thought that was thin. Mark Andrews seemed to make no sense at the tight end spot because it's right in the mid-range. Either you pay up for Kelsey, you pay down. It was one of those types of things. But uh, uh, is, is there anyone that I didn't mention that's in your cash lineup?
0: Did you mention Tyreek Coe? No. Okay, well, <laughs> he was in my cash lineup. So um, so I, I had Hertz... Kamara Pollard and then I had Cam Akers. Um I I couldn't get off Cam Akers, man. I wanted to so many times yesterday morning, but um and he had a touchdown call back. He got hurt in the first half. It was it was a mess. But either way, um and then I played Cole Komet. I played Ayuk, Tyreek Hill, and um Bowden. Um and I scored 160. It was good for double-ups. Um didn't win a ton of three man's, but um, yeah, you were you weren't that
1: far behind me then. I I got one sixty two point eight four.
0: Yeah, we were right at right at right at the same. Like so, I debated a lot of um like taking Acres out and playing Fournette, but I I hated Fournette. I'll take my L. Um, I'll take my L on the Pro Football sh- Show, Football Focus Show. Um, when we record but this week is it really as well? much
1: of an L I mean two. listen it's touchdowns. an L because
0: he got there but I'm with you like he stunk all day and he got two one-yard touchdowns right
1: but... he, he basically he was Legarrett Blount Fournette I mean like
0: yeah
1: right yeah. the two one-yard touch I mean like that feel free I to play a, I mean like that that's running back variants. there are plenty of times where yep. he doesn't come in and he sits there with seven points
0: so yeah, so I like I debated taking Acres out and going down to Fournette and upgrading, but honestly, I, I liked the build. Um, I played the Seahawks defense, so it was like I said, it was fine for cash. Uh it hit double ups, hit very late. Um, Jalen Hurts with the monster performance helped a lot. Um like you know, 17 from Tyreek. I was hoping for more. Um, I debated on him and like DeAndre Hopkins. So I had a a tournament version of this lineup that ran back hurts with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, you know, making a little bit more correlation. It didn't have Acres either. So um, my one of my biggest issues this week, you know, well, I guess we'll talk about when we get to tournaments. But yeah, like some of my correlation plays didn't hit on some of the guys that I got right. So like that's always frustrating. But I don't think there was anything too crazy for cash this week. I, th- I feel like Derek Henry and Travis Kelsey opened up Sunday morning. I don't think a lot of people were really considering them because of Alvin Kamara um, and some of the cheap tight ends, but like Pollard opened up. Um, you talked about like the Miami situation, opening up a lot of, um, you know, options there. Ahmed opened up, um, which opened up money to get up to Henry or Kelsey or both um, you know, so I don't think it was crazy. I'm with you. I think you were playing a running quarterback this week. Um, like I was I was very, very much bullish on J- Jalen Hurts last week, talking crap about him. This week I took my L and I played him. Um and he had a really good game. I think he outscored everybody by uh, you know a couple points at least. Um Kyler was right there, Ryan Tannehill was right there. Um but yeah, Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Those were the four guys you were kind of looking at Um, Deshaun Watson. I wasn't looking at Tannehill in um, tournaments or in cash games, but I think he was interesting in tournaments to pivot off of Derrick Henry. Um, And then I saw, I saw some cash lineups with Matt Ryan a little bit um, in like three men's and I think that was crazy, but uh, that's just me. But It was Uh, cheap
1: enough. If you're going to punt at quarterback, he was probably the guy to punt. Him or Trubisky, maybe.
0: Well, Drew Brees is really cheap, too, in that game environment. So who knows?
1: You didn't play any of the Saints in your – you played Kamara, and that's it. Is there a reason you didn't play Emmanuel Sanders?
0: Yeah, it was going to be chalk, and he was bad chalk.
1: Oh, okay. There you go. Like he doesn't like
0: Drew Brees doesn't like go out and throw Michael Thomas's targets to Emmanuel Sanders or Traquan Smith. Like,
1: did you see the game? He doesn't throw his targets to anyone. Apparently like
0: (laughs) if, if there, I watched the game, like if anybody could have had a big game in that game, it was Jared cook, like a couple like passes go his way. He has a monster game, but I was like, I was like the saints can go off in this game and it could be Murray or Kamara or it could be Taysom Hill getting a couple rushing touchdowns deep in the red zone. So like, I just thought Kamara was the play. Um, I even think he was the play in tournaments, but no, I, I was very, even in tournaments, I was very underweight on the passing game for the saints.
1: Well, I was the same way, but I mean, I'm just like, when I see a guy that's going to be 50 plus percent owned at 4,200, like I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to have to play a guy at that level. My concern in cash this week was I was not comfortable playing three cheap wide receivers.
0: I didn't want to play three saints. Like I saw, I know the blitz, um, the blitz optimal crushed. It scored like 177 points, but it had three saints. Like it had Traquan, Sanders and Kamara.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I played. I didn't play the blitz optimal, but I played, but I put, I plugged them in thinking that maybe I'm switching it up. Like, so like to me, like if I had to choose between, I looked at Gallup, but Gallup was in an early game and Bowden was in an early game. So I'm like, do I play? I, I would prefer to play Bowden and Gallup over Traquan Smith. That's what I wanted to do. And then go down at defense a little and who cares? Uh, the problem is, is that like, if they don't do well, like I don't, I have no optionality there. I almost feel like, like they're close enough plays that in the late games, I, if, if i if i need to switch i've i've all the i've all the optionality i need to switch off of uh G, i could switch off a of Kelsey play Jared Cook then switch to Tyree kill in my wide receiver spot I could play Robert woods I could play cam Akers. uh and there was another game going on at the time uh that i could switch off to like I, there were three games to switch off to so why why lock that position in when i think that that they're they're about all equal anyway and then since Henry only put up 28 points which was was still fine for cash uh it wasn't at the level where where I was I was getting killed I mean, Brandon Cooks underperformed but like none of the other chalk like did well enough like I had Iuke so that was fine I had Pollard right I, I was playing one of the quarterbacks from the late game so I'm fine there I mean I didn't have Fournette but I didn't think he would kill me so Komet only put up three points. So that didn't do anything to hurt me. So it was more the fact that it, I, I didn't want to play three saints. I, I mean, I was going to play Kamara anyway, but I didn't want to play two saints wide receivers. Just that. Do I want to play three cheap wide receivers? Do I, 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 and then pay up. And I, I just, I, I wasn't comfortable doing that. It didn't matter. I ca- I, I won more than 60% of my head to heads and I cashed in most double ups. So like at the end of the day, Scoring the the difference of scoring a 164 and scoring 172. I mean what I would have won a couple more head to heads, but other than that, like my double ups would have been fine.
0: Yeah, I think um I think there's a lot of decisions you can make really this week when it came to you know swaps. Um so um yeah, I was just I was looking really quick. Um but You know, kind of looking through Results DB and looking at, like, ownership and stuff. In cash games, I feel like it was right where it should have been. Um, You know, the $5 double up always, um, you know, you'll see a lot lower ownership on everybody, really. Um, You saw a little bit more of Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers, um, T.Y. Hilton in the cheaper double ups. But you look at, like, the $100 massive single-entry double up, 85% Camara, 65% IU, 61% Henry, 57% Samuels, 41% Pollard. But the biggest thing, Jordan, when we're looking at like low stakes and high stakes double-ups, and we talk about this every week, Pollard was 23% owned in the $5 giant single-entry double-up. Like, people just didn't adjust. And like, when Pollard, when the Pollard news came out, like he was instantly a guy you needed to get into your cash lineups. Um, whether you wanted to play him and Fournette together, you were playing Pollard in projected to be one of the fastest paced games of the weekend. Um, it just with, with, with Zeke out, man, you were playing Pollard in cash and, and like, there was times you were like, all right, is Pollard going to get there, but he was so cheap and he was the workload was going to be so high. It really didn't matter what the results were going to be. You were playing him in cash. So Right, I mean, imagine, imagine
1: if someone took over Ezekiel Elliott's old role, right? Because now now with no back, pretty much no backup, Pollard was going to see 80, 90% of the snaps, and he's a pass catcher. So think think of Ezekiel Elliott's old role if he was a good player. That, that that's what P- Tony Pollard is going to do for 5,200. So imagine the Cowboys had a good running back. Like, how do you not, how do you not play them in, in this? Uh, at least in double ups. I mean, I started jamming it in into my GPP lineups as well because of the late, the late, the, the, the late news principle, especially at lower stakes because at higher stakes, even in GPPs, he, I think he was efficiently owned at lower stakes. It's people, people were on the discord going, why is Pollard only X percent owned in my contest? And I go, I hope you I hope you slam the button because like the, the EV you get off of the lowest stakes players in these contests are just ridiculous. I was t- I was I was taking out Fournette. like I had lineups that had David Johnson and he had he had one hell of a game that I didn't realize. Eleven catches for one hundred and six yards. But he was like one of my cheap like I had uh, David Johnson. That was my Leonard that was Fournette. my pivot.
0: That was my pivot. I had David Johnson in cash and I just pivoted straight to Pollard. I right. wasn't playing Fournette. Like I, again, like I had taken a stand on him all week. Um, so I had David Johnson in there all week and switched it to Pollard right when the news came out.
1: Right. So that's what I was doing in most of my lineups. I was okay. Cam Akers or Jonathan Taylor's in this lineup. Okay. Take one of them out, put in Pollard and upgrade a wide receiver next lineup, put in Pollard. Like I was just, and I was pairing Pollard with Ayuk or born because that now now it makes sense now Ayuk being high on wide receiver like what especially with the late news with pollard it's like i'm gonna get some extra little extra bonus on the the, the game correlation right there so it merely made sad just went through it look where am i born and where are my iuk lineups and i just like those lineups need to have pollard in it end of story and i just switched them all around
0: um, Pollard played ninety percent of the snaps too. I just looked it up. So, like, if I would have told you ninety percent of the snaps at fifty two hundred, um, like it would have been a no-brainer. no brainer. No, no brainer. Um, but yeah, David Johnson, like he he wouldn't affected you in cash. He was he was really low in in cash and in tournaments. So, um, a lot of people, a lot of people pivoted, um, or didn't or played Fournette. So, um. You know, obviously, Traquan Smith getting hurt. Um, that affected some people. I, I saw a lot of people have two of Sanders, Smith, or Bowden. And I think you can't really argue that. Gallup, I guess we could throw him into that group. Um, you couldn't really argue with any of those. Like, any of those four guys, I'm with you. Um, if I had the money to play Russell Gage or Bowden, I would have. Um I flirted with taking Cam Akers out and playing David Johnson and taking out Bowden and playing um, Gage. But when the news came out with the Dolphins, it was hard for me to get off Bowden too. Um, It was just – it was going to be a competitive game. Miami has a chance to make the playoffs, and he was the only guy that was going to be out there catching balls um, outside of um, Mac. So uh, anything else or cash games that you wanted to go through here? No, but I mean, I just transitioned directly into – GPPs,
1: like this late news stuff. I mean, the main event millionaire, I have the main event millionaire, which is the $1,500 millionaire, which is the high stakes Millie. And then compared to the other contests, like like Bowden was 24% owned in the big Millie. He was 12% owned in the play action. Pollard, 31% owned in the big Millie. 9% owned in the play action, 12% owned in the little Millie. This is the main reason like 31% ownership for Pollard. That's about efficient. I think like if you, if you were in the $1,500 millionaire and you play Pollard, like, okay, he's a 31. He's one of the highest owned Camara Pollard. Like that was the combination. But like, if you were playing the lower stakes contests, like don't go like it. So many people, one of two things happens. One, people don't pay attention to in inactives and they just leave the lineups the way they are. So they don't even know. And then number two is that they're building lineups based on content. So just like at Roto-Grinders, like there's going to be no article on Roto-Grinders that said Tony Pollard's a good play, right? Or Lynn Bowden's a good play because how do you know that? Until 90 minutes before the before the slate. I mean, like there's there's just no way to prepare for that five days in advance. So you want to take advantage of that. So if you were playing 50 lineups in the play action, if you were playing at the lower stakes in the milli like even in the discord, I was saying like, be more inclined. It doesn't mean you play a hundred percent. Although you could, you could, but be more inclined. If you're thinking in terms of, Oh no, Pollard's going to be chalk. No, he's not. So let's be more inclined to just go, you play, if you play more of them than you, you should have that, that, that in the long run, you're more likely we have NBA coming back. We have the same thing. 10 minutes before a lock, something happens, be more inclined to jam that guy in and jam whoever benefits. And sometimes it doesn't work out. You're right. But over time that that guy in NBA probably should be 80% owned and he ends up being 35% owned. And that's just massive expected value right there. So Pollard, like to me, uh, pretty much the whole season, I think was the best late scratch type of, you know, inactive type of play that if you didn't jump on board Pollard in a massive amount of your lineups, at least in the lower stakes, you probably did did something wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, Like I would have been more inclined this week to jam him in And not worry too much about your correlations just because there was so much news that came out at 1130 this week. Um, There is even reports that like were floating around that like Mark Ingram um, wouldn't play a lot. So like if you if you slammed in J.K. Dobbins, like uh, not going to argue that either. But Ingram
1: played what? He had like one carry the game before. Did he did he matter that much?
0: He didn't but i'm saying though like it was just that was part of the news that came out i'm just saying okay. like there was so much news that came out at 11:30 the dolphin situation um the dallas situation like this was a week to to team jam it in um and like you said like the 20 inch max play action that a lot of people probably build early in the week or saturday night 9% owned um that's like, just absurd.
1: Oh. How is he 9% down? It's stupid.
0: Yeah, so like if, if, you, if this
1: news, Stevie, if we knew if the the Cowboys on Wednesday said Ezekiel Elliott will not be playing on Sunday, Pony Pollard will get the start. How long do you think he would be in, in, in those contests?
0: He'd probably been the highest known. Right. Like, He'd probably yeah, be 40,
1: like, 50% down.
0: Yeah, you look at like Alvin Kamara, that news came out what Friday that Michael Thomas wouldn't play. He was 35%. Um, Leonard Fournette that news came out Wednesday or Thursday and it, maybe even, yeah, I think it was Wednesday. So, and like Fournette was 21% owned. So um, you, you honestly too, like, and I know we talk about this all the time. You have to know what contest you're playing in. Like when you're, when you're building lineups, like also know what contest you're playing. Like if you're building a 20, 20 inch max script for the play action, it could be one that you could, you know, you think it's like super chalky, but you open it up and you're like, oh man, Tony Pollard's only 9% owned. Like, dang, I should have played, I should have played 40 instead of 30. Like, you know, so know what contest you're in. Like those, that play action contest is never going to have the same type of ownership as any of the pretty much anything over a hundred dollars. So any $100 tournament, single entry, mass multi entry, it's never going to have the same kind of ownership and like, you know, we talk about the slant all the time. Like, the slant is sharper. Like, the slant um, Pollard was 25% owned, but there's 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 always an edge in that play action $3 20 entry max tournament on, on DraftKings and honestly, it's one of the better payout structure tournaments, um, too, that you can, you know, build a bankroll with and learn how to mess around with lineup HQ to get 20 entries in there. So, um, you know, there wasn't a ton that stood out to me this week when I was looking at it this morning. Um, uh, one of the biggest ones to me when I was kind of looking through things um, was Derrick Henry. Like, I, I saw, like, the Derrick Henry ownership and um, knew that he was going to be, like, super popular and we kind of knew that, but, like, the Lions were very much under owns, um, to get different with you Derrick Henry. And one of the other things that I kind of noticed with like Derrick Henry, like if you didn't love, if you love Derrick Henry and you didn't love, um, running it back with the lions, like people didn't even run it back a ton with the defense. Um, Derrick Henry was like one off, like central chalk and, I love the fact that the main event, Derrick Henry, was twenty four percent owned, and it was one of his lowest ownerships as far as like tournaments go. Because we talk about it every week, Derrick Henry needs a monster, monster running game to get there. And like, I don't even know technically if his twenty eight points is technically getting there at his price this week with so many guys doing well.
1: Right, and and truthfully, he got truthfully. If you faded him, you got lucky. Because he could have had over forty, because oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tannehill rushed it in twice, and in in garbage time he wasn't even in for the, the, the Evans pass, right? Darrington Evans came in at the at the end of the game, so it's quite possible that Henry's score wouldn't have been twenty eight; it would have been forty, and then then we start getting to the range of uh, you kind of need to have him. But as as I've said on on shows before. With a with, with a guy that's all of his upside is tied to touchdown variance, at 9,500, I'm gonna fade when popular, and I'm gonna I'll I'll play like I I was more inclined to play Dalvin Cook. I played Dalvin Cook in a couple of lineups over him because to me the, their median projection wasn't all that dramatically different, but it's gonna be a third of the ownership, so I'm gonna do do that. And I wanna I wanna give a shout out. Uh, I wanna say to th- Can can I? Can I can I use this as like a teaching moment,
0: Stevie? Of course, you can, dude. You can use this as a teaching moment anytime you want. Okay,
1: a, a teaching moment. I want because uh, I want to give a shout out to, to Chop. Right, he won. He won the second yeah, million wh- dollar winner.
0: Well, we should have did that a lot a while, like when we started. One of my one of my OG buddies, man.
1: Right, we didn't even lead off with this. I know it's my we, bad. He won, he won the the, the fan championship, Millie on on FanDuel. Uh, which is his second, he won the first week last year. Uh, the Million FanDuel. Uh people looked at his lineup. You know, this is because this is what happens in the DFS industry. People look at winning lineups and go, Well, that doesn't make sense. Like like, because they, they want to like break it down on like, why wasn't that a good play and this a good play? I want to highlight the fact that obviously uh, I talk a lot about correlation and leverage, but those are two like levers comparable to projection. Like projection is the number. I'm not going to correlate four black, bad players together and say, well, I'm, they're correlated. I should win. Like if they're badly projected. They're badly projected. It's like, you're not going to make up enough with your correlation to get there. But as we stress on this show, when we review about contest selection, about matching a lineup to a contest, you know, it's not just a matter of picking the good players and thinking that that applies to cash games versus GPP, small field, large field, or even sites. For instance, I primarily play on DraftKings. DraftKings NFL DFS is different than FanDuel DFS. Okay. Uh, Cause of the scoring system. Uh, on FanDuel, you get a half point PPR and you don't get any bonuses. So the, the effect of correlation is going to be less. So, yeah. for instance, I took I took one of my stacks I used was uh, was Matt Ryan with the Falcons. So, if you played a three plus one, which is basically Matt Ryan, two pass catchers, and a run back, if you played the best version of that three plus one, it was Ryan, Ridley, Gage, and Evans as your run back. If you played them all together on DraftKings you got 100 and, about 104 points, 103.7, because you're getting the three-point bonus from Ryan. You're getting the three-point bonus from Ridley. You're getting the three-point bonus for 100 yards for Evans. but And you're also getting an extra 21. It's a total of 21 receptions. So that's an extra 10.5 points because FanDuel, you only get half-point PBR. So them combined is on DraftKings, 103.7. On FanDuel, that whole stack is 84.2. Okay, that's a difference of about 20 points. They're all correlated, but you get way more benefit of that correlation on DraftKings versus FanDuel. So if you're on FanDuel and you're building three plus one stacks, like that, that's still fine. I mean, you're you're, you're still, you're getting a boost in the correlation. You're getting a 10% boost, a 15% boost. Not at 80% boost. People act like, like correlation is the be-all, end-all. It has to be. It's like, no, you still have to go by projection first off and then go, how much am I willing to sacrifice in projection to get the correlation, to get the leverage? If you're sacrificing 20 points, then, then you don't do that. Like, you're never going to make it up in correlation. And especially on FanDuel, where you don't get the bonuses and the, and, and the full point PPR. So I know CHOP's lineup, you look at it, and there's technically one correlation, hurts and Hopkins, because you could do that because it's a running quarterback and you're getting the other side of the game. But outside of that, it's just basically I picked a bunch of players and they all did well. But on FanDuel, that's more likely than DraftKings because you just don't get the benefits of, of full point PPR and the bonuses enough that if you and the pricing is softer, like on FanDuel, you have a you end up having Pollard on FanDuel. How do you not play Pollard on FanDuel? Like, like, oh, I'm going to play Pollard. I'm going to play J.K. Dobbins instead. Like, dude, you're giving up like seven points in projection for no reason. I mean, just like because you have so many players that are underpriced that now how, how do you even make up with correlation and leverage when you have, you know, when there could be eight players that are just so better projected than anyone else. So just understand the differences between the sites. Yahoo is going to be different also. So like I primarily play on DraftKings where correlation and leverage means a lot more than on FanDuel. And that's one of the main reasons I play on DraftKings, because it it that style of play benefits me because that's I consider that one of my strengths. When I play on FanDuel, I get I'm making lineups and I'm like, like, dude, I, I almost feel like I have to play six chalk players because like the, the correlation isn't getting me anything. The leverage isn't getting me anything. So I just I just want to use that as a Teaching moment that, like DFS in and of itself, is not about you must do this or you must do that. It's all a balance of all those things. And it depends on the site that you play, the contest you're playing, and the lineup you're making.
0: I mean, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Um, but I've talked about the differences on DraftKings and FanDuel for I'm uh, going on, I think this would be year six for me doing the morning grind. So, um, it's it, you, you have to know, like, we, we talk about contest selection so much, but site selection is, is like everything's going to be different when you're playing on FanDuel or DraftKings or Yahoo or Underdog Fantasy or Prize Picks or any of this stuff. Like, uh, you have to know the site you're playing on. Um, right, we're and coming I,
1: into NBA, and a lot of people don't realize. That out of I think out of huge all huge differences. Yeah, that I think NBA yeah. DFS on FanDuel and DraftKings are almost like two different games.
0: Well, it's it's the same for NASCAR too. Um, way different. Like DraftKings and NASCAR are way different. Like it is completely like you might be 60% on one guy on DraftKings and not have any on FanDuel. Like that's how different their NASCAR games are. So but basketball, you're right. Like the scoring in basketball, it's such a huge difference when you're playing and also the too, positions.
1: So. Also, I mean the fact in 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 FanDuel, like you're locked into playing two of every, and then only one center. And then DraftKings, it seems like, you know, ninety percent of the player pool is eligible at two positions, so you could you could fit a lot more combinations. You're gonna play a lot more Anthony Davis and Giannis on FanDuel just because you look at the power forward and the small forward position and go, wow, there's no one here, right? And just you're gonna have to play him there more so because of just of what it is. And then on, on DraftKings, a lot of times with the PFC. You're playing like four centers in your lineup, technically, and you can and all those four players on DraftKings are only center eligible on dra- on <laughs> FanDuel. So, like, like you'd listen to the you listen to Crunch Time with mean Z and Roth, and to be talking about okay, well, on DraftKings you're going to be playing basically you know these four centers, and then on on FanDuel it's like feel free to pick one of them because you can only play one, and then you're playing this garbage small uh, shooting guard that you would never play on draftkings only because well on well he's 3500 on fanduel and you're better off just punting that position. So it's like it's a comp- it's a very it's a very different game. But even in NFL with the scoring systems different, there're still nuances where the choices you make are going to be somewhat different depending on the site that you play.
0: I'm so curious if Robert Woods is the last piece into this lineup for chop like I see so many things that make sense in this lineup. Um, Marvin Jones, if Tennessee got up, um, obviously it makes sense. Hopkins with hurts, the cheap running backs, uh, David Montgomery is as low owned as he was going to be. But like Robert Woods is a guy, like I wasn't on Robert Woods at all. Um, I wonder if he was like the last piece in of this lineup. So,
1: or it could have Um, been, it could have been, that could have been, uh, well, you already had Hopkins in the lineup. That could have been, I mean, it could have been a swap because he had the Rams defense. Maybe he, he was there a high priced receiver that could have been, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe Jared Cook was in the tight end spot and Tyreek Hill was in the wide receiver spot. You you don't know. I mean, Chubb does late swap. I mean, the last time he won the the Millie, I mean, he, he late swapped the block, right? That was the lineup I remember because he was on the sweatshow. And it was like he had Galladay in and he switched Galladay to Godwin because Godwin was like the the wide receiver chalk of the slate. And it was about the same price. And, you know, he was leading. He was in first place. So he's just like, well, I'm just going to block Godwin. So so I, I don't put it past chop that the lineup that we're looking at is not necessarily the lineup that he started with.
0: Yeah, like he's going to he he needs a David Montgomery jersey. Um that that was that was his difference maker, man. Um But yeah, going back to looking at uh Results DB and looking at like DraftKings. Uh again, congratulations to Chop, one of the OGs. Um I feel like there's like less than 10 of us that have been around forever now. So, um I'm probably miscounting people, but um I don't have 2 million dollar wins, so I can't say anything. Um Jordan, when we're looking at results DB this week for for DraftKings, um a lot of a lot of people played uh the Tampa side of things um, with Atlanta, so that was good. Um, a lot of correlation there, a lot of correlation with IUK with Pollard. Um you know, I even saw like Ayuk with like Gallup, uh C D Lamb. Like the correlations this week, um I think it was a lot of like the games kind of stunk. Some of the games kind of stunk and like correlation kind of built itself this week. Um, or people are getting a little bit smarter um as the season's kind of gone along here. But um, was there anything that you were looking at that you were like, huh?
1: I I think I think the in general the Falcons Buccaneers game was underowned. To me, to me, it makes it made sense to play a Falcon on the other side of Fournette. Like that's, that was my original plan when it came to, you know, my Pollard lineups, right. I, I started switching over uh, Fournette into into Pollard. And I didn't mind Fournette as much as now. And now as a leverage play, like, cause remember I was playing the, I was, I was hand building for more higher stakes contests. Yeah. So I know that Pollard's ownership is going to come up and Fournette's ownership is going to go down, but, I was already saying I was going to go, okay, I'm going to play a Chalky Fournette. How do I play a Chalky Fournette and still be different? Well, I'm going to play a, a single digit owned Ridley. I'm going to play Gage. Okay, G- I mean, what was Gage's ownership? He, did, he didn't come in that high. 14%. Okay. You know, I'm finding that Ryan Gage Fournette, Ryan Ridley Hurst. I played Hayden Hurst in the tight end spot. That's why like in that lineup in the power sweep, I had Hurst in the tight end spot. And since I wasn't playing Kelsey in that lineup, I played Tyreek Hill. So, like, I was doing stuff like that. So, like, to me, I think the Falcons were a bit underowned for as much that Fournette was owned, and it would have been more if if Pollard didn't open up. So, like, to me, that was the that was the only thing that 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 stood out to me that that total was high, uh, in a dome, uh, primarily, and if two teams that you attack primarily through the air, and. I understand not playing the, the Bucks passing game because Brady plus who like it could go to Brown, Godwin, it could go to anyone. So I get that side, but on the Falcon side, it's pretty condensed, right? I mean, Ridley is the alpha without Julio Jones there. So Ryan Ridley, Hurst to fill in a tight end spot. And you play Leonard Fournette as the, as the if you're going to play, if you're going to play Fournette, just play it that way. And there you go. Then you don't have to worry about, And you, know, you get, you get lucky, you get there and do one of your touchdowns, but the same thing with Ayuk and, and Pollard. I mean, uh, I mean, I haven't looked, I could see the, you know, the matrix of how many IU Pollard lineups there are, but I'm going to think it's much less than it should be. Because to me, that makes sense. If you're going to play, if you're going to play chalk pieces, why don't you play them together? At least correlate them together. Get a little 5% boost on them than playing one-offs like that.
0: Hey, they correlated well too. <laughs> um, they did. Um, so man, I had I had a bunch of Lamar Jackson this week, and I had a bunch of him with Andrews and stuff. But I I ran it back because that's what I do. Um, with some Jags, and like I feel like all of them scored nine points this week. Like all I, of them.
1: I, 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 I I actually played a Lamar naked lineup.
0: I did the, this was one of the first. It made weeks. sense to do it though. Like I, I had a couple too. I'm not gonna lie. Like I had a couple Lamar by himself lineups um, with no runbacks on either side. So, but I feel like that's what you have to do sometimes when you're like stacking against the Jags because they're just they're. I I feel like it's come to the point where it's impossible. Like I don't even think we can trust like Robinson anymore. Like because. He was getting he was getting some shared snaps this week, too. So it's just like, all right, I think I'm done running it back with Jacksonville after getting nine from everybody this week.
1: Well, you also have to realize now with the Jaguars, they're going to do their best to completely lose the next two games.
0: Well, duh, the Jets won. <laughs> what were they thinking? Um, the Jets, I lost my how, football. How pick stupid
1: is week. that organization? They get that they are 17 and a half point underdog against the One of the best defenses. And that's the team they beat. And, the, and I think they, they, I think they're running, they're running the ball with Gore. He's getting some, they want to lose, but they, the players don't want to lose. I think that's the main problem. It's like the players themselves are fighting for contracts. So they want to do well, but the team wants to lose. So Gase is just calling plays. So that like, well, let's optimize for losing, but we can't tell the players to do that. And, and it just didn't work. Cause you get one of those Jared Goff, you know he coughed it up and that's what happens with jared goff.
0: So. that was a big loss for that team too. the rams um like they would have been tied with the seahawks at 10 and 4 in the nfc west like the seahawks are on cruise control now so uh that was a big loss so uh jordan i don't really have anything else man like i feel like you know this week in in general there wasn't too much craziness there was I'll say there was a lot of leverage this week. There's a lot of ways that you could leverage um, off of like Derrick Henry. Uh, there was ways you could leverage off of Fournette with the passing game. Um, even right. in I like- mean, I
1: like I was surprised. Uh, like I I went in purposely. I didn't play any Derrick Henry, so obviously I played a ton of Corey Davis. That worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my life, I knew Ayuk was going to be chalk, so you know who I play: Kendrick Bourne. It doesn't mean I don't play IU. It means in some lineups, I play Kendrick Bourne. And then you take a look at, well, Kelsey is going to be somewhat owned in the tight end spot. And if people are going to pay up, they're probably paying up for DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm going to play Tyreek Hill, you know, across from Kamara. I'm looking at, like, what pieces do I have in the game? If I'm going to play Emmanuel Sanders without Kamara in this lineup, like, I'm going to play Sanders with Kelsey. Because so I'm not playing Kamara in that lineup. So, like, people are playing a T.Y. Hilton. So I played Michael Pittman. That didn't work out. But I mean, that that's the that's the theory. That's the thesis of the play. And and less people do that. So sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Corey Davis, of course, it was mostly on one play. And once I once I saw that pass go in the air in red zone, it's it's always hard to tell the difference between Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, like without (laughs) seeing the number. And that that was a big bomb. And all I'm thinking in my head when I see the ball in the air and I don't see the receiver yet, I'm like, I hope this is good. I hope this is Barry Davis. And once I saw 84, I'm like, yes. And then he did, got out of there and whatever like that, that, those are the little things that you have to embrace when, when you're sweating the games where, where you like, you see the play live and you just, you, you don't recognize the receivers and you're just like hoping, especially tight ends. That's, that's the biggest tilt Stevie. If you have ever had a tight end on a team that all their tight ends have 80 something, like it's 85, 86 and 88. And based on the sun, like you can't tell the number, like when you see it on the screen, you can't tell the number. And then it's a three tight end set on the goal line. And you're like, I don't know who, I don't know who's who. And then you see some play action and one of the tight ends gets it. And then you, you, you have that like scratch off ticket type of thing of like, Who is it? It's 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 Luke Stocker. Get out of here, Luke Stocker. (laughs) I thought you were Hayden Hurst.
0: Oh, those are the worst. Those are the worst. Tight ends are the worst. They're all the same build. Um,
1: Right. You go. I got all the Mike Gazicki, and it's like Durham Smythe touchdown. But it's not like it comes up. It's like you're actually watching and you don't even know. You can't tell the difference between the, the tight ends. You just know some big guy caught it and you hope it size at 88. No, it's not 88.
0: 81. <laughs> Come on down. I will say, like, we talked about Bowden and he was 20 to 40% owned in contests. Um, when Ahmed was activated, like, he was the quietest 25 fantasy points this weekend. Like, he had nobody... a grandma
1: narrative. Alan didn't tell me about it.
0: Yeah, what's up with His that? Grandma was
1: in the hospital and he went there and he said he's gonna run for 100 yards and a touchdown for her.
0: Well, I didn't know, I'm a Dolphins fan, I didn't know that, so
1: right. I don't think anyone knew it till after the game. Maybe he made it up, who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, but he had the he had a he was like one percent own quiet 25, uh, that nobody played, so like that would have been a, a, some leverage off of Bowden. Um, you know, just kind of thinking about leverage. Um, you mentioned. You know, off of Derrick Henry and Kamara, you could have played Dalvin Cook. He had a very quiet 30 fantasy points um off of those guys. So there was leverage. There's always leverage, Jordan. There's always right, leverage. Whether or not it works out. It's a, that's yep. that's really, that's all that matters. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the week 15 review. We'll be back next week with the week 16 review. Uh we'll, We will have this for 16 and 17. Um Going to do, I, I think week 17 i'm gonna have seven seven podcasts that week so i'm um, gonna be fun um because i have basketball every day plus the two football podcasts so but it's only for one week so um we'll be back tomorrow two game nba slate we're bringing on the chief uh me and him are going to talk about it uh there's a lot to talk about for a two game slate uh with dennis schroeder banged up and is Wiseman gonna play and how are they gonna approach that and you know, we talked about FanDuel and DraftKings differences. Um, If you want to, if you want to laugh, go open up who you got to play at center um, on FanDuel tomorrow for the two game NBA slate. So we'll be talking about all that stuff on Tuesday. As always appreciate Blenderhead for stopping by and giving us the goods um, here on the podcast and um, breaking down. If you want to get into more of this kind of thinking and you know break down stuff a little bit different make sure you check out the theory of dfs masterclass over there um if you're following blender it's his pin tweet and you can easily get it so um ask him for a christmas discount maybe he'll feel um like he's Uh not (laughs) he's like Uh nope (laughs) i I tried for you guys uh it's worth the money
1: check check my twitter i may decide to be nice and maybe maybe i'll get a ten dollar something
0: Listen, it's worth the money. Take, check it out. Um, you're you're going to get a lot more than just, hey, play this guy and play that guy. Play whoever you want. Um, that's it for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking NBA. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you then.